0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode. This week, I thought we'd take a little departure from the usual of communication skills and talk about something that comes up a lot in my conversations with others. And that is anxiety. A lot of folks, doesn't matter what their age group is, or what they do for a living, are facing a lot of worries, lots of concerns and a generalized feeling for large parts of their day. This can affect your sleep, your productivity, how you speak with others, what choices you make, and how you feel about yourself. And there's no doubt that that's not a great way to live, right? No one wants to be anxious and worried for large portions of their day in seeking distractions like videos or television, or just flipping through social media, just anything to get your mind off of whatever is bothering you. Now, of course, there might be some genuine reasons for the anxiety, right? Like a lot of people, especially in this day and age, uh, have financial worries, right? Things are very expensive. And uh, employment uh, opportunities aren't the best, depending on where you live, or what kind of work you do. It's not cheap to buy a house anymore, and uh, gas prices are high, just to name a few things. Not to mention food and, and energy bills. So those are all extremely valid reasons to feel a little bit overwhelmed. The good news is that with the help of friends and family, always I'm a big believer in community and in sharing the burden with each other, people that actually care about you. But there are certain ways, and I thought I'd share a few that have worked for myself and people I've worked with, and uh, let's talk about five ways to reduce anxiety and be a little bit more calm. First of all, think of anxiety as a physical problem, at least in part, right? So one of the number one things you can do that takes just a few seconds, is deep breathing literally just breathe through your nose and exhale through your mouth make sure you fill your chest hold for a second and then let go and repeat that a couple more times maybe three times total do you feel that do you feel that difference try it right now what do you think that is number one your blood circulation is improving. Number two, you've got more oxygen going through your body. And number three, as a result of those things and, you know, just distracting your brain for a moment, you do feel a little bit more calm, right? And all it took was a couple of deep breaths. So back to the point. The point is that Anxiety has a physical root and we can overcome that. Do a quick self-check. Are you in any kind of pain? Maybe you were exercising and you hurt yourself. Uh, Maybe you woke up with a stiff neck. Uh, Maybe it could be just a generalized feeling of of sluggishness. Try hydration for a moment. See if you need to talk to a doctor about the pain or take any other kind of uh, of uh, counteract for that But if it's general and there's nothing acute about it a good walk just a quick walk Maybe just 10 minutes 20 minutes 30 minutes whatever you're comfortable with out in the fresh air perhaps in the sunshine get that vitamin D and Look at the trees if you can find a park somewhere near where you live the color green I've read in the past the color green that's the same color as most leaves is very pleasing to the eyes. It calms us down. And of course, there's no doubt about the power of oxygen outside and and sunlight. I I would really recommend an outdoor walk over a treadmill walk any day, assuming that's possible for you. So to recap so far, we're starting with the physical, Uh, a quick walk any other kind of exercise that you like, but this is the simplest one that ages eight through 80 can do, you know, a quick five, 10, 20 minute walk. And that, and that will really help you a lot. Deep breathing also. And the third and final piece for the physical uh, section is think about some stretching. Just make sure, you know, stretch your arms side to side. You know, the walking will really, you know, stretch uh, without much more conscious effort. And so a little bit of stretching, a little bit of walking, a little bit of deep breathing will really help with a lot of this anxiety. Now, let's think more about maybe thinking in conscious effort from the mind, right? So we start with the body. Now, let's go to the mind. So step number two to help you reduce anxiety is thinking about the work that's on your plate. Doesn't matter if you're a student or a professional or some kind of business owner. That's stuff that you gotta get done. And there's deadlines. And there's consequences, outcomes attached to those deadlines. Could be points for school. Could be money for getting, you know, paid for projects that you're doing. Uh, or, or just, you know, keeping a customer happy so you get continued repeat business from them. Whatever the case may be, try to organize everything. And some of us are very visual, right? So I believe, you know, in things like, You know, having a a good, clear workspace, very organized workspace, uh, a large table uh, and and putting everything. Sometimes hard copy is helpful, right? We're all very digitized these days. But the more it, it feels like a complex heavy lift, try and make sure you can organize it visually, sometimes print out a few things. Once you're organized, then, of course, you can write off your digital tools. And be just fine, and we'll talk about those in a moment. Whiteboards—they don't have to cost a lot. You can even use, reu- you know, reusable sheets that you can get at the dollar store, um, and uh, and some dry erase markers, and plan it out, you know, visually for yourself. What does your week look like? What does your month look like? What does the rest of the year look like for you? And what are some due dates? What comes first? What comes later? A little bit of forethought and planning is, is really important because it gets you a sense of what needs to get done first and what needs to get done more carefully. That's the other piece is, you know, uh, there's there's the concept of the supply chain. Right? We talk a lot about supply chain these days. The idea is there's a concept called a b- bottleneck. Right? And this is kind of uh, what I'll throw in as concept number three. There are things in the sort of process or workflow of your of your life that hold other things up unless they get done there are other things that are contingent on them that cannot even be begun you can't even start looking at those try and identify what your bottlenecks are what are things in your workflow that are holding everything up is it a person you work with is it a system or a software that's you know kind of slow not really getting you the results you need an old computer perhaps and maybe need to get that looked at uh is it uh that you need to switch to a different software is it that you need to take help from more than one person distribute the workload but identifying bottlenecks things that are holding everything else up are really important because they allow you to pick and choose what is you know Um, more pressing rather than what's getting held up because the more time a bottleneck takes out of your day the more you feel unproductive behind and frustrated because by the end of the day you didn't get anything done and that takes us kind of to the next piece which is think about achievements and what did I get done today what did I get done this week and stage yourself you know through the day through the week through the month through the quarter through the year whatever time period you're thinking about i like to think in terms of weeks and months a lot so i have certain things i'd like to get done by end of week often because i'm waiting for responses for people there are some things that i can get done myself that i don't need anybody's help for those i'm like let let me see can i get it done today no i have more time in the morning tomorrow okay so I'll pencil it in and I'll make an appointment with myself on my calendar to do X task, right? Because I know I'm free from 11 to one, let's say on a Tuesday, and I have this block where I have no meetings. So I can do this task that only I can do. And I don't need anybody else to assist me or respond to me. Great. So I made an appointment with myself. I chalked out the time and I hold myself accountable and I get it done in the time I allotted. Sometimes what can happen, folks, is you don't get the sort of item done, and that can be disheartening, right? So what we learned, especially during lockdown and COVID, I, I picked this up from something I learned um, uh, on, on, on television show, was think about breaking your goals into smaller pieces, right? And sometimes what you can do is, hey, I didn't get the whole thing done, but I got step one done, right? And maybe you broke it into step three, uh, three steps or five steps. And so if you feel like, okay, I didn't get all of the, the, the tasks done, but I got two steps done and I had given myself a week to do them. And I have three days left in the work week. So in a way, I'm ahead of time. You see how that works? So breaking your goals or tasks down into smaller chunks, Achievable, more realistic chunks sometimes is really helpful because you're being fair to yourself, you're being realistic, and most importantly, you get to cross something off on a piece of paper or a whiteboard or on an app at the end of the day and say, hey, I got this done today. And that's the other piece is, you know, making sure that you have lists, that you have calendars. Uh, whatever software you may prefer, Google's very common, but there's many others on your different smartphones and devices. doesn't really matter which it is. I do recommend that you have one that is cloud-based that is synchronized across all the devices you use. So be it your phone, um, some people travel with a laptop, some people have a home computer. You want to make sure that your task list, is synchronized across your devices. So you can check wherever you are, whatever design, device you're working on, you can keep everything updated and, and you can check it anywhere, anytime. Some other things I thought I'd mention, which is kind of like a grab bag is, you know, my, my 10% rule. What, what is my 10% rule? My 10% rule is always do 10% more than is expected. Now, I know this sounds a little bit counterintuitive to a couple of things I was mentioning earlier, but but you know this is you know where your subjective judgment comes into play. I'll give an example. I'm always trying to be you know, I'm always trying to deliver a little bit more, right? I think uh, there's a good phrase for this that that I think is more commonly known. under promise and over deliver, right? So when you say that, it's it's like you're you're making sure that people have low to realistic expectations of the work, and you always beat those expectations. So if you think that you can give someone, um, you know, delivery of goods. Let's say you're selling physical products, and you're say, you're like, I can get it done by Wednesday, right? Promise Friday. So when you deliver it Wednesday evening, Thursday morning, you're early. Funny enough, I actually uh, read the study once that uh, in the, you know, um, package delivery world, right? So you have UPS, FedEx, and the uh, post office here in the US. And uh, somebody did a study that most customers didn't really feel overjoyed or amazed when a package came a day early or two days early. But they were really mad when it got late. So, what we're learning is that being on time in the package delivery world is, is the gold standard. So if you promise Wednesday, you deliver Wednesday, right? Now, of course, if you manage to logistically plan it and so on, and you get the package in early, that's great because it's off of your plate and you can take the next order. Whether the customer is thrilled or not, that's their call. In the personal service world, however, early works a lot. And early makes people happy and they're willing to, uh, then, you know, give you more work and, uh, maybe be more loyal to you. Now, of course, you don't want to be too early because if it's too early, then they think they might think they're paying you too much and they, you know, that you overcharged and the work was too easy. So th- there's a balance in there, but that's why I said 10%. And you kind of want to make sure, uh, that another way to think of the 10% rule that I mentioned is kind of like, Um, When I walk in a room uh, or or when I'm in a uh, part of a company or a group or any kind of organization, I always take a look and I'm like, okay, how are people dressing? And I'm like, I want to dress 10% better than, you know, what is the expected level. So, you know, if everybody's wearing a t-shirt, I wear polo, a polo shirt with a collar. If everyone's wearing a polo shirt, I'll wear a dress shirt, right? And so forth. The idea being that you... Make yourself stand out a little bit more. Now, how you, how, you might be wondering, how does that relate to anxiety? Well, think about it this way. Part of anxiety is we're always worried about being judged, right? So if you're exceeding expectations, if you're well planned, if you're early for appointments, I'm always big on being early because being early is being on time, right? As, as the saying goes, uh, you know, with a lot of folks. If you're early, if you're well planned, if you're good at communication. Now, that can mean a lot of things. But in this context, being good at communication means you have very good follow up skills. And so part of this connects back to the micro goals, right? Breaking your goals into small pieces. Uh, A lot of the time I'll be like, "Okay, I can't move this project forward myself, but what I can do is the stakeholders involved, I can follow up with this person, uh, you know, on this deliverable, follow up with that person on the other deliverable, and, you know, just make sure that uh, everybody has what they need so that whatever is not on my plate directly is still moving ahead. And that gives me a sense of achievement, gives me a sense of control, give, gives me a sense of accomplishment for the day. And um, here's the last one that I thought I'd throw in as far as ways to reduce anxiety and be a little bit more calm. Um, I think being focused on who we are and having a sense of humility and gratitude, right? Two, two sides of the same coin. Uh, you can't be humble if you're not grateful. You can't be grateful without being humble. And, and one way that I, I feel really, really makes this come through is uh, showing uh, a, a sense of charity to people that we might work with. Helping, helping other people, you know, giving them five minutes of, of, um, you know, sympathetic listening for a problem they might be going through. Um, you know, just, just help someone out. Like, you know, it could just be, oh, you see someone, you know, struggling to uh, take a package up the stairs, right? And in the apartment building you live in. And so just, you know, take a moment out of your day and help them take it And you know, they'll thank you, they'll smile, you'll feel happy, you'll feel you did something good for somebody else, and that might just counteract, you know, the honking of the horns or the traffic that you were battling to, you know, get on your work commute, and, you know, these little positive things, you know, like petting a cat or a dog, um, think about ways that you can sort of just put a, a, a slice of humanity back into your life, you know, do something nice for someone, be a good listener, be a good friend, be a good colleague. And, um, and just connect with people. Um, show humility, be grateful to all, all that's making it work for you. And be grateful that, you know, it could always be worse. So to recap, everyone, um, we were talking about ways that we can be uh, less anxious, more calm in our work, and of course, our personal lives. Some of the things I talked about were, you know, activities like deep breathing, walking, stretching on the physical level, being organized and planning, being early, uh, you know, breaking your big goals and tasks into smaller goals and smaller tasks, and really being very smart about your calendar and making lists, being more visual, and also being more human, you know, be a friend, be a good colleague, help people out, enjoy a walk, enjoy the sunshine, smell the roses as they say right and once in a while do pamper yourself pampering could mean anything it could mean an extra cup of starbucks because you know you've had a rough week or it could mean that you know you just take 10 minutes more and and it's okay sleep, sleep 10 more minutes you've got time so okay you can do it point is it's it's really about being patient being focused being realistic and most of all Try to be a good human being. And if you can't be good to yourself, you can't be good to anybody else. So that should do it, everybody, for today. Hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, feel free to give us a like, a share, a subscribe on whichever platform you might be listening on. Tell your friends about us. And of course, our website is cultureofspeak.com. And with that, I wish you a great rest of your week.